You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, people? Adam Hunter here, giving you another MMA roasted podcast. Listen. We got a great show today. We got this guy, Ian Heinrich, who has the most incredible story I've ever heard in my life. You're going to love it. You're going to absolutely love this guy's story. Um, and uh, listen, I am posting all kinds of new content every day on rockfin.com forward slash Adam Hunter. I have an additional two podcasts a week at least, okay? Every stand up comedy set I do from now till, you know, whenever, I'm going to be posting all kinds of cool stuff. So if you support the podcast and you support me, it's only $10 to endorse me. You can cancel any time, all right, $10 a month, and just go to rockfin.com forward slash Adam Hunter, rockfin.com, R-O-K-F-I-N.com forward slash Adam Hunter. If you're a fan of the podcast, you want additional content, additional stuff, you want to support me, go to rockfin.com forward slash Adam Hunter, and I'll make sure it's worth your while. Also, a lot of people are hesitant try hemp-derived CBD oil because they don't know where to start. There's just so many different products and brands. It's hard to know which product is right for you, how much to take, when to take it, and how to know if, when you're getting too much. Well, this family-owned business not only provides the highest quality U.S.-grown hemp-derived CBD products, they also give personal guidance on choosing the right product and finding a dose that works for you. All right, Their stuff is grown in the U.S. They have a full variety of products, including full-spectrum, a whole-plant hemp oil extract, hemp-derived isolate tinctures, hemp and emu pain balm, and full-spectrum CBD dog chews. All their stuff is available on naturesoilsonline.com and include free shipping. You can call them up at 469-525-3131. That's 469-525-3131. And listen, they're offering a 15% discount off their already reasonable prices. So go to adam 15 Mention discount code ADAM15 to get 15% off. Also, uh, marijuana is legal in California. Get it delivered right to you. Just go to speedweed.com. Speedweed.com, they will take it right to you. Okay, they got great uh, marijuana, great edibles, great CBD, all kinds of product. You're going to love it, okay? Speedweed.com, mention roasted, you get $10 off. Or there's $100 or more. They're great people. And why get into your car and risk... DUI or risk a car accident or bad things happen when you leave the house, all right? Or your apartment, or whatever. Speedy will take it right to you. Now, you're going to love this interview, okay, with Ian Heinrich. He's a great guy. He's the man. Uh, so, check it out right now. Who can go to trap, sons and traps, sons and traps, traps, sons and trap, don't some trap, don't some trap. Okay, good, good. Who is a UFC fighter uh, killing it? What are you, 13 and 1, 14 and 1? Uh, 12 and 1. 12 and 1. Well, you're going to be 13 and 1. After your next yes. you'll be 13 and 1. And uh, I was going to say, man, I was doing research about you, 
And you have the most unbelievable story I've ever heard in my life when it comes to fighting. Insane. Wow, thank you, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you saying that, man. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely uh, overcame a lot. Oh, my God. I mean, I've been doing this podcast for five years now, maybe even six years. And, you know, and I've heard a lot of incredible stories, but yours is out of, like, a movie. I mean, if I had to watch, if I saw a movie and heard your story, I might even be like, oh, that's not how it really goes down. That, that just seems a little made up. I mean, your story is incredible. Adam, you're cutting out. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was saying that, like, your story is right out of a movie. It's incredible. It's insane. But it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the plan. Uh, we're actually working on starting the book pretty soon. And then uh, it's going to be a movie someday. Well, I mean, I'll be the first one to buy a ticket. Uh, so if you listeners don't know. So you were 19 years old. You were 18 years old. You were a star wrestler in Colorado, right? You were, what, you placed in the, uh, in the uh, States? Yeah, yeah, I was, you know, I, I took, I won a few state championships. I took second to Ironman, and, uh, you know, I had a lot of uh, good things going on at, uh, with my athletics, but uh, I got expelled from school, um, ended up, you know, getting involved in selling drugs and got caught, and that's kind of when the real journey began. I posted bail and fled the country. Yeah, but you were actually, you, you also, you, because uh, I, I, I read the article that you wrote saying that you yeah. had ADHD, so they, they gave you, what, Adderall, Ritalin? And then you got hooked up. Yeah, they gave, yeah, they, so they gave me Adderall, and then I was so hyped up from that that they gave me Xanax to calm down on that. And so at 19, I mean, I think it started at like 14 years old. You know, by the time I was 19, I was full-blown addicted. How many pills were you taking per day? Um, anywhere from three to five, but they were strong pills, and, and I was drinking heavily on it. Wow. That was not helping. So you got, you got arrested for selling Molly at nightclubs and right selling drugs and then you were looking yeah well i i got a i got arrested for uh, a thousand pills of ecstasy and i was selling it at nightclubs but we got set up in a walmart parking lot wow and then you were looking at four to six years yes four to six years so you're like fuck it I'm, i'm getting out of the country and you flew to spain how are you able to even fly to spain and get a ticket. They don't even notice that you know you're wanted or that you got arrested or. Um. So I posted bail and they actually issued me a passport and I just jumped on a plane from. I took a Greyhound to New York and hopped on a plane from JFK to Amsterdam, and uh, the the journey started in Amsterdam and then I ran out of money and was basically homeless and then found my cousin had a friend in Belgium so I went and lived with him. And then I met an English guy, went to England, and then he um, told me about Spain. Everyone told me about Spain and uh, disconnected with him and went to Spain. And, and uh, that's when uh, the new journey began. Yeah, so you were living on the beach in Spain. You were homeless. You were sleeping under the sand? Yeah, I mean, I had a place to sleep for a while, but there was a few weeks that went by that I literally ran out of money. I was uh, working at nightclubs that just basically paid me in alcohol. I was a full-blown alcoholic doing drugs. And um, so, yeah, I was homeless. And then uh, I met some Cubans that uh, uh, kind of took me in like family. Now, but I, now I read that you were still in shape, though. How, how do you party, do drugs, become an alcoholic, but still have a six-pack? How does that work? Uh, I don't know if I quite had a six-pack, but I definitely, I was hitting my runs. 
you know, I was hitting my beach workouts, you know, I still, even though, um, even though I was partying like that, I still would find time to get a, whatever workout I could do. And, and, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I tried to eat clean and, uh, take care of my body the best I could, but my addiction was just killing me. So no, I read that there was, so you, the family took you in, uh, a guy got you sober and you're like, okay, I can trust these people. These are nice people. They're Americans. They're helping me out. And then one day they go, hey, can you swallow this balloon? Or a grape. Swallow a grape. And they were testing you to see if you can smuggle cocaine in balloons up your asshole. No, actually, we wouldn't do that. We would swallow them. Oh, okay. And shit them out. You sw- yeah. So, no, nothing. That's exit only. Okay, no, okay, okay, uh, right, yeah. Okay, so they okay. they kind of just seen if I could swallow and uh, the you know if it, the coke and and I could and so we went down. I did it once or twice for them and then started kind of doing it on my own uh, with them with their help and kind of partnered up with them on that and uh, you know and then eventually after I don't know uh, uh, ten to fifteen trips or so I got. Uh, caught by the the Spanish police, they took us to a a hospital to X-ray us, and that's when uh, we got caught. Now, how many how many bags of cocaine were you able to swallow at once? Um, it was close to a hundred. You could put a hundred bags in you at one time. Yeah, I mean it's a process. You got to swallow like ten and then walk around for a while, and yeah. Wow, I think my, my cat just threw up. I'm not even kidding. I'm sitting here. I'm watching my cat throw up right now. So, and then you were shitting them all out. Like, how, I mean, how much do you ever like forget about a couple, and then all of a sudden randomly shit another bag of cocaine? No, no. I mean, we wrapped it very well, and we counted each one. So, I mean, you're not gonna forget that count. You're gonna make sure they're all out of you before you go and resume your normal life. Oh my God. I mean, how painful is that? Um, it wasn't that painful. You kind of get a stomach ache, but then you drink some whiskey and you kind of forget about what you did. And then you just resume travel like uh, nothing happened. Oh, my God. So then you finally get busted. You get busted and they throw you in a, a jail in the Canary Islands. And in that jail, yeah. you join the wrestling team. There's a jail wrestling team and you were the captain. Yeah, I mean, they had a they had a wrestling team, which was their style of wrestling. Lucha Canaria They had a boxing program. MMA program that I started and uh yeah you know they really reformed us you know I found an amazing relation with God I I learned Spanish um you know uh, there was a lot of good things I got sober I got my mind clear and uh and I started a new life and you know I did two years and four months and then got sent back to the states and had to do some time in Rikers and because of the, uh, the previous charges that I fled from and got extradited back to Denver got bailed out and uh, just miraculously had my whole team show up to the court hearing. Everyone had my back, and I got character references. I cooperated, and they gave me no more jail time and uh, just uh, two years of probation. I mean, this, this is incredible. I mean, so, you, so you're in that. we got to back up, though. You're kind of talking about this like, yeah, I, I went to the store. I picked up some laundry, and then I uh, got an oil change. I mean, this, these are all like life-altering events. I know you told the story before, but for people like me, this is insane. So you're in the Spanish jail. They're teaching you boxing and wrestling. And now, I heard you were competing against other jails and that you were the number one guy. And they kicked you out of the jail because they didn't want an American being the number one guy at wrestling. Yeah, because it's their style of sports. So 
professional teams were coming in off the streets and uh, they were actually, they, they competed against us and me and one other American, we beat the whole team and we made a front, we made it in the newspaper and uh, it was a big deal. And uh, I thought the president of the Federation of Lucha Canaria wrote the ward in a letter that says, when this American gets out, we're going to sign him. So they kept to keep me here and, uh, they didn't like that so much, so they shipped me to the north of Spain. Oh, my God. That's that. So then they ship you there, and then you took up kickboxing over there, right? Yeah, they had boxing program over there. Wow. So, I mean, so... <laughs> yeah. And then you get to Rikers Island, and the Puerto Rican gang took you in. They said, we like you. Yeah, basically. Yeah, well, I spoke Spanish, so that really helped. But then there was a guy started with you, and you punched him in the face, and they, they told you there's an SOS out for you. They said, you're going to die tonight, or tomorrow morning you're dead. Yes, basically. And then that morning. And then, and then uh, in that moment, that night, man, stayed up praying, you know, just, just basically trying to figure out what I was going to do. And uh, the U.S. Marshal came and took me out of there at uh, 5 a.m., two hours before the doors opened. And, uh, you know, it just felt like God had a different purpose for me and took me out of there and extradited me back to Colorado. Wow. Wow. Now, your mom posted bail. How much How much was bail? Um, they used to bail bondsmen. A bunch of people pitched in. Um, I, uh, I think it was like 1400 and that's 10%. So, yeah, I don't know. All right. Okay. You do the math on that. So, so, then you, so then you get out and you're like, you know what? I got to do something with my life. I, I've just spent three years in a Spanish prison. I was a really good wrestler. I know now. I, I now know catch wrestling or, you know, canary wrestling. I'm, I'm going to join the fight team. Like, do you walk into the Colorado gym at that point and say, "Somebody train me"? Yeah, I always knew I wanted to become a fighter, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, my path was led to Factory X, where you know they had a team atmosphere, which I liked. That's how my wrestling team was, and they took me in like family, and uh, we've been like family ever since. And um, now I'm 12 and one, and uh, fighting the number 12 guy in the UFC, May 18. Wow. Okay. And who are you? Who are you fighting? I'm fighting Antonio Carlos Jr. Oh, Shoeface. Uh, he's a three-time Jiu-Jitsu world. Yeah, Shoeface. Wow. A guy that a guy that, that a guy yep. that tapped Gary Tonin in a Jiu-Jitsu tournament. Yep. With a, with a, a flying triangle. Nice. Yep. Nice. Well, listen, man. I mean, you just beat Cesar Ferreira. On what? Well, on one week notice, ten days notice. Six days, yeah. So I mean, six days notice. I mean, there's nothing that's gonna that's gonna prevent you. By the way, were you getting laid at all in Europe? I mean, uh, there's gotta be some kind of silver lining. I mean, were there any, any hot chicks out there? Yeah, Europe was a good time, man. It was a constant party in Europe and South America. That's how I was living my life, and I was supporting my drug habit and my party. So I mean, it must have been a lot of a lot of hot threesomes and strange European girls and yeah, man, all <laughs> the above. <laughs> well, that's good. At least it must have been some fun, right? I mean, was it all just yeah? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it was worth it. I really don't even regret it. It was meant to be, and uh, it made me the person I am today. And I'm using my story uh, to inspire people. Yeah, I mean that's and but also talk about how much better uh, jails are over in Europe, right? Yeah, yeah, it's just unreal that uh, our system compared to a system that actually is made to reform you and not just make money off you. So 
yeah, it was a big eye opener for sure. My my uh, sister works at Rikers Island. She was probably there while you were there. Wow. Yeah, she's a. Uh, That's crazy. She's a uh, social worker. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've seen many of them. <laughs> I, well, I, was, I mean, is it is it hard now for you? I mean, living such a, a normal life of just fighting in a cage for money. I mean, that's like normal for you. No, man. You know, still, it's still, uh, it's still a fast-paced life. I mean, it's super high adrenaline, so it's you know, I mean, it's just all legal now, man. It's great. I don't look over my shoulder. You know, I can talk to people about what I do. I can tell people my real name. You know, it's, it's a lot better. Are you are you uh, sober? Do you, take, you uh, smoke weed? Are you still taking? Uh, no, I'm I'm uh, I'm 100 sober. I just do CBD and uh, the occasional like half an edible just uh, for pain relief, uh, just from training with the body, but. 100% sober. Nice. And what uh, belt are you in jiu-jitsu? Uh, I am only a blue belt, to, uh, actually, because I don't train in the gi too much. and uh, But obviously, I definitely am a higher level with my wrestling. And, um, yeah, I need to get in the gi more under my professor. I do train in the gi, but it's just uh, private to people. So, yeah, hopefully get promoted soon. Well, you, I mean, you're you're twelve and one. You look great on on the uh, contender. You beat a tough guy to get into the UFC. Do you do you still get nervous yeah. before fights? What's that? Do you still get nervous at all before fights? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, if anyone, I get excited, nervous. I get a roller coaster of emotions. Is uh, if anyone says they really don't, they're probably lying because uh, yeah, you feel it all, man. Especially with that crowd cheering. And, I definitely got more nerves in my first UFC fight because it was just that the UFC jitters. Now, by the way, did you know when you when you left Europe because like they they told you that we'll let you out a year early of jail if you don't of prison if you don't come back here. So did you did you know yeah. when you flew back to the US you were gonna get arrested on site? Yeah, I was pretty sure. I mean, once my passport went, it got flagged, and. Uh, yeah, I, I I was pretty sure, but I was hoping not. But yeah, I mean, if you have a felony, you can't really be traveling around. So, hmm. was there any chance of you kind of making a break for it, like hopping in a bathroom? I thought about it, man, but then all this stuff went through my mind. Like, hey, nine eleven, because I was in JFK. Like, I was like, security's got to be like top notch in this airport. So, I thought about it, man, but I was just like, you know what? I've already faced the music in Spain. Time to do it here and. Uh, get this chapter over with my life. Turn the page. And and how much time were you looking at at uh, Rikers? Uh, I, I just did a few months there. They were just holding me until I was extradited back to this uh, Colorado. Right. Got it. Got because it. I co- committed my crime in Colorado. Did anybody in Spain try to fight you when you were in jail? Like fight you, fight you? In Spain? Yeah. All the time. Yeah, I mean, me between me and my other American friend, I mean, he was giving dudes slaps weekly, but yeah, I definitely got into a, a bunch of altercations there, for sure. And, you know, it was cool because with my MMA program, we could just settle it in the gym. So that was kind of cool part about it. Wow. And when you, so when you say that you ran an MMA program, what does, that, what does that mean? Like you had classes and stuff? and. Yeah, I had classes. The, they, they approved me to have a MMA class, so... Wow, because I, I, I yeah, would think that like awesome. I would think in like the U.S. they'd be against that. They wouldn't want to have prisoners become more. They would probably look at it as like we don't want to make these guys more violent or whatever or lethal, which 
it's not the case. You, you and I both know that, but I could see why they would be against that. Yeah, I mean, we were we were just keeping it low key, kind of, and uh, no one was complaining, so they let me do it for you know four months. Wow. So when did you go? You went undefeated as an amateur, right? What's that? So how how, uh, how long after you got out of jail did you have your first amateur fight? Um, I think I got out in uh, in Valentine's Day 2014, and I think I fought um, a first amateur Muay Thai fight in maybe three months, four months. Wow. Because I was training, so I just had to find the right team, and coach thought I was ready, and yeah, we got rolling. That's awesome. Do you, so do you train over with like Chris Camozzi and Anthony Smith and those guys? Yes, I do. Wow, that's a that's a squad of killers. Yeah, we got a great gym. So we're number two last year. We're going to be number one this year. So that's great. It's that's been great. amazing. So you're, fight, you're fighting Shoe Face, and everyone knows how good of a grappler he is. What, what are some? Who are some of the guys you're rolling with to get ready for him? Uh, I mean, Anthony Smith is super underrated grappler, and we just got some black belts uh, that come in and roll with them. And that uh, coming, this is a black belt. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm no stranger to rolling with high-level guys, so, um, so yeah, I'm ready for whatever he's got. And MMA grappling is a lot different than jiu-jitsu grappling. Yeah. Yep, 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 yeah. yep. That's, that's true. That's true. Well, listen, man, you have an amazing story, and uh, uh, thank you for taking the time out of your day to be on the podcast. Yeah, no worries, man. I appreciate you. Anytime, anytime, man. Well, keep up the great work, and I uh, look forward to watching you. May 17th, and, and which fights in Rochester, right? Yeah, Rochester, New York, May 18th. Cool. Tune in ESPN. I love it. Thank you so much, buddy. All right. All right. I'll talk to you later. Thanks again. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Cool. Okay. Trap, sons, and traps. Trap, sons, and trap. Don't sons, and trap. Tune in, sons, to hook them, don't put them. Tavish, don't put them, don't put them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a 